appearing shortly from the scriptures, a few words. And um, there is no evening service because uh, today is Father's Day, so we like uh, people to spend time with their dads. And um, there is no more rejoice until October, but there is prayer meeting on Thursday at 6.30, and men study on Saturday at 8. So I hope you can join us for those activities. Um, that's about it. So Sunday school is on, and if the kids want to go downstairs for the Sunday school, it's all good. So I'll give you a few minutes to go down, and then we'll continue. All right, um, let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for your word. It gives us hope, it gives us strength, it gives us encouragement. We pray that as we look into your word this morning, that you will bless us and speak to us where we are at. I ask you guide my words and my thoughts that they will bring glory to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, today is Father's Day, so we say Happy Father's Day to you. And to Happy, what did I say? Happy Father's Day, right? Okay. To all the Father's Day. So hopefully you spend some time with your family. Um, this morning's message is titled From Crisis to Triumph. From Crisis to Triumph. And um, it involves, I'll first talk about three fathers in general, and then I will focus on one father in particular. It involves three fathers' encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Matt, Matt says, when I have to read from the screen, it f forces him to focus on the message, and I like that. All right, so Matt, let's start with John, chapter 4. So this is a, an incident, it's not a story, it's something that happened a man. So let's read together. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. So we, we pause there and then we'll go to the next passage because we'll come back to this passage. Um, so here we have a royal official or a noble man with a son that was almost dying and he came to Jesus. All right. 
a noble man with a dying son who came to Jesus. So Mark, let's go to Mark, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. So when Jesus had crossed over again in the boats to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing Jesus, or seeing him, fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. So, Mark, I'll pause there on that, you know, for now. So here we have a ruler of the synagogue coming to Jesus because his little daughter was at the point of death. All right, let's read another one, uh, just so that we can get it going. Mark chapter 9, from verse 14. So when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around him and some scribes arguing with them immediately. When the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. Next verse. Jesus had been on the mount. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. Now let's pause the mark. So here we have a man in the crowd bringing his son to Jesus. So three men, three children, and all of them brought their children to, or their case to Jesus. The first man we read, let me remind you, was a noble man, a, royal, a man that walks in the king's court, who came to Jesus in Cana and said, my son is dying, please come down and heal my son. The second man that we read about was a man by name Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. He came to Jesus and said, my daughter is dying. Please come down and heal my daughter. And the third man we read is an, an unnamed man unknown, no title. He had a son who had an evil spirit, and he said it's causing him great harm. He, said, he brought the son to Jesus and said, teacher, help me. I want you to help me. So three fathers bringing their children to the Lord Jesus Christ. They all had different kinds of crises, but they ha had one thing in common. They felt that Jesus was the solution to their crisis. 
Now that's the first point I want you to note. As fathers with children, and as men with maybe children or not, well, bring your crisis to the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe the second point I want you to note, if you are a father, is that normally most people think ah, it's the mom that is supposed to do it. But in this case, the ruler of the synagogue took time off his regular job. The nobleman took time off his regular job and brought their case or the case concerning their children to the Lord. So that get involved with your children, especially when it comes to bringing them to the Lord Jesus. Don't say, well, I have delegated that responsibility to my wife. I'm busy trying to get money, trying to do all of that. No. The Lord wants you to get involved with the lives of your children. So three men, they all had crises, and they brought them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me describe some of the crises in detail. I'll leave the first one, the nobleman, but I'll deal with the one that is Jairus. The second man that we read earlier. So his daughter was dying, and he came to Jesus. He said, please come down and heal my daughter. And Jesus was on his way to doing that. But while he was on his way to doing that, he was delayed. And because he was delayed, the daughter died. And so the people came to the man and said, don't trouble the master. The case is hopeless. But Jesus spoke to the man and said, don't be afraid. And went down and brought the daughter back to life. I think we should read it. How about we go for it? <clears throat> and employing earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. Um, keep going. Skip. 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 Oh, just a little bit back, please. Thank you. <laughs> Skip. Okay. So while he was speaking to this woman and attending to her issue, you can read it up for yourself. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Okay, keep going. But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing 
And entering in, he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him. But putting, out, putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companion and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talita kum, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were completely outstanding. The child died, but Jesus brought the child back to life. So, here we have a child, a girl, that was dead, and Jesus brought her back to life. Let's read the other one. That will be Mark chapter 9. When they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. Let's go. Keep going. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever he seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. And he answered and said, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. When he saw him immediately, the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, notice this verse, take pity on us and help us. Keep going. And Jesus said to him, if you can, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit and saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him into the terrible convulsion, he came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him and he got up. All right. So there we have a child with an evil spirit and Jesus brought the child, or cast out the demon and the child came back to life. Okay, so these are incidences that have happened. And they all involve the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to focus my attention this morning on John chapter 4. That's where I want to focus on. So here we have in this story the noble man, a royal official whose son was sick. 
And the man did something. I want you to notice he had a crisis. The crisis being the sickness of his son. So let's read together. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your child lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was now going down, his slaves met him saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This is again a second sign that Jesus performed when he came out of Judea into Galilee. All right. From crisis to triumph. So we have a royal official coming to Jesus. He had a crisis. The crisis is that his son was dying. I'd like to suggest to you that this royal official was probably a man of high standing. And from the way this story is progressing, he wasn't, he was probably not a believer, but he had a problem. And he knew that maybe Jesus could solve the problem. I'd like to suggest that he probably might have tried other alternatives of trying to find other solutions to the problem. As a royal official, a man of high standing, he probably had lots of money, access to doctors, access to helps of that sort. And he probably tried to get those helps for his son and it didn't seem to be working. So when he heard that Jesus had turned water into, into wine earlier on in Cana, he said, well, I've tried everything that I know that could help. Nothing is working. I better go and see this man to see if there will be any difference. So he came all the way from Capernaum to Cana, about 26 miles distance. He probably walked down. And when he saw Jesus, he spoke to Jesus Christ. Can you please put the verse up again, just for me? No, the beginning. Next, please. 
So he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son. I have a sense that he came to him and said, I have a crisis. I need help. My son is dying. Please come over and help me. Jesus said to him, you people see signs. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. I want you to think about this. It seems like it appears a little bit cold for a man with a crisis to come to the Lord Jesus Christ to present his problem. And Jesus simply responded by saying, unless you see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. But the man wouldn't give up. Let's continue. Let me read again. The royal officer said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Let's just pause there for a minute. What the man is saying, I didn't say take it off, put it on, please. (laughs) What the man is saying, that there is still hope while the child is alive. I want you to come down before he dies because after he's dead, nothing can be done. And he's saying, please come down. And Jesus kind of puts, says something that Jesus said to him, go, your son lives. What did he come to Cana for? He came to take Jesus to his home so that Jesus could take care of his problem. And all that Jesus had to offer him was say, go back home. Your son lives. That seems strange. Because the only thing the man is going home with is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the person himself, but the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he did something. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. He came to get Jesus so that he could take him home. And Jesus gave him words. That's all he gave him. And the man believed the words and started going home. Friend, I want you to look at this. In some ways, he didn't get what he came for. Because he wanted to take Jesus home. But Jesus commanded him, say, go, your son lives. And the man simply believed the words and then he went home. I call that faith in the word of God. Faith in the word of God. Please put the next one. So he started going back home, not knowing, and all that he had to go back home with was the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing tangible, no prescription, no, nothing that he, all that he could hang on to was the words 
and then he started going back home. I can imagine him thinking, I hope that is true. I hope that will come true. I hope that my son has not died. So as he was going down, his slaves met him saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. So he asked them, at what time did he begin to get better? Then they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Let's see that. Let's please give me the next verse. So the father started saying, okay, I met Jesus and the hour that he spoke to me was at the seventh hour. And that was the hour that my son got better. Read there. So the father knew that it was at the hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. Oh, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ are not ordinary words. And he himself believed. Now I want you to notice that at first he believed the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, but now we are told that he believed. What did he believe? I'd like to suggest to you that he believed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just words for healing, but the person. And I could see him telling the story to the members of his family. What happened? Not just that he believed, his whole household believed. So friends, he's starting from crisis, a physical problem, he's looking for a physical solution. But by the time he's left the place, not only has he gotten a physical solution, is gotten a much more important solution to life's problem, which is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to suggest to you or bring out, if you like, a few points. The first one is this. God can use your crisis and turn them into greater glory. The man's crisis, I'm sure he thought, my son is at the point of death, he's going to die. This is the end. But not only was his son brought back to life, the man became a believer, and his entire household became believers. And sometimes when crises show up, they help us to draw attention to God. They help us to refocus because sometimes we are out of focus. If everything is going smoothly, we tend to forget. Sometimes crisis help us to refocus on God. Now I'm reminded of a story of a young man. Rich just bought his Jaguar and was driving down the streets of Chicago, and um, with his fine Jaguar, his chief executive, he was feeling all on top of the world and just, you know, uh, uh, flying off. 
And as he was going, suddenly he heard, phew, a stone hit the side door of his Jaguar. And it was because a young man threw a stone. So he, he pulled the brake and then came out. He said, what's, what's wrong with you? Don't you know what you're supposed to do? Why do you do that? You don't know this is terribly expensive. You're going to pay for it with your life. And the young man, well, you know, tears were streaming out of his eyes. He said, he said sir, I'm sorry. It's, it's my brother. My brother, he can't walk. He was on a wheelchair and he fell down the ditch and it was too heavy for me to lift him. And I kept trying to flag down somebody to help me. Nobody stood up. Nobody stopped to help me. So all I could do finally was to throw a stone, hoping that that would get somebody's attention. So I'm terribly sorry. He was crying. So the, the big uh, man with Jaguar, you can see at this time, you know, he's his eyes became teary and the lump on his throat, seeing the brother that was crippled on the ditch, you know, he went, brought him back, sat him down and then said, uh, sorry, no, at this point, Jaguar is not terribly important because somebody is. So sat him down and then just uh, tried to console the brother and then watched the young man as he continued wheeling his brother down the road. You know what happened? The young man with the Jaguar refused to fix his side door. He allowed the dent to, there, to stay there to remind him that sometimes dents get our focus back to what is important. So crises sometimes help us to refocus. But when you are in crisis, you need to remember that God has promises if you are a child of God. There are promises in the word of God. For this noble man, the promise, or the promise was your child leaves. And the command was go. He simply trusted the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he went. All he had was the promise. So when you're in crisis, depending on what it is, don't forget God's promises can help you. I'd like to suggest to you one. Matt, let's go to Matthew. Matthew. This is from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. A promise that you can hang on to regardless of what your circumstances. Jesus says this, for this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life. As to what you will eat, as to what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into bands and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much worth much more than they? 
And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? Keep going. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glories clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry. Then saying what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Your heavenly father knows you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is the, the clincher. So, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, I don't know what might be keeping you awake, but take this promise to the bank. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about tomorrow. You are in God's hand and he will take care of you. So remember, there are all kinds of promises. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are all promises that we need as we live. So, and these are words from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So when you are in crisis, don't forget their promises. One of the greatest habits, or one of the most common habits that we have has to deal with this issue of worry. And I have a story for you. Somebody was worried. And what was the person worried about? Well, the person's loved one had passed away and the person was sitting there for a long time without um, saying anything. And so he went, wanted to have something to at least keep the, him company. So he went to a pet store. And then they pointed out, the pet owner said, there's a parrot here that is very chatty and can chat with you, at least keep you company. It's very good. So the person bought the parrot and brought the parrot home. and sat the parrot down and waited for the parrot to talk. The parrot said nothing. So the person was worried. Why is the parrot not talking, at least having conversation with me? So he went back to the pet owner's store, and the pet owner said, actually, parrots like uh, swings. All you need to do is buy swing for the parrot. So he said, well, let's gave him swing, you know, he can you know, swing up and down. When he's swinging up and down, he can begin to talk. So brought the swing home, put it in the parrot cage, and what did the parrot do? The parrot refused to say anything. So the lady was worried, waited for a few days, nothing happened. So he went back to the pet owner, so I said, oh, what? The parrots really need, apart from swing, 
is mirrors. They like seeing themselves in the mirrors so that when they are chatting, you know, they can see the mouth move. So all you need to have now is mirror for the parrot. So she got the mirror, put it down. There's a mirror, there's a swing, there's a parrot, and yet the parrot is not talking. So he went back, and the person said, well, he needs steps. So they can climb as they are climbing, and then swing. So brought the steps, put it in there, and yet the parrot was not talking for 10 days. And suddenly the parrot collapsed, and on the way collapsing was mumbling something. And somebody please give me food. Food, because of the person was so worried, her mind was out of focus. The most important thing that would have been given to the parrot, food, was missing. And that's what happens when we worry, we get distracted from what is important. You know, our mind is not focused on God, and so we lose the blessing. So that's why Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow. That's a promise. Sufficient for today is the evil thereof. So, like the noble man, we need to trust and obey God. And, you know, crises happen. And no one is immune from crisis. But God can use your crisis and turn it into glory. He can change it from just being an ordinary crisis and it can give you triumph. The noble man would have maybe gotten his son healed and then would be on his way to hell. And that would be a temporary blessing. But not only did he get his son healed, he became a believer on his way to heaven. And not only he himself became a believer, his entire household became believers. And Jesus was speaking one day, he said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? So this man not only got his son physically back to life, he himself was brought to life spiritually and his entire household was brought to life. All because of a crisis where he sought out the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't despair or lose heart. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ and you will have victory. All right, I am done because the last Mother's Day's message lasted till 12.30 and everybody booted out as soon as the meeting was over. So I said, this will not happen this time. <laughs> you have time to at least say hello. Now let's pray and then we will sing one song. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be here. We pray you help us to look to you in all of our crises because you have the solution to life's problems. We pray you bless all fathers today. Grant them the grace to love their family and to be involved. Just help them, give them wisdom 
in ministering to their children and wives. We pray for everyone here that, Lord, you will minister to us according to our needs. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to sing in Christ alone, my hope is found. Standing as you are able, let's sing together in Christ alone.